the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. How are you today? You're listening to St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast, a podcast with its feet firmly grounded in the Word, its hands dirty in the work at hand, and its eyes fixed heavenward, looking forward to the return of our King. All good podcasts operate in the concept of value for value. Ours is no exception. How it works is we, as the podcaster, give you content free and upfront with no creepy advertising trackers, no fees, no personal information required. And in return, all that I ask is that you give some value back in the form of your time, your talent, or your treasure. Except, I have no interest in your treasure here. But, if this podcast has value to you, and if you're still listening, and especially if you listen consistently, it must, I'd ask you to give back a commensurate level of value back in the form of your time and your talent to spreading the words of God that we ponder here. One of the easiest ways to do that is to simply share this podcast with someone else that you think would also find it valuable. You can share it through your podcast app, you could text a link to them, or you could go all caveman and actually write it on a piece of paper. Today's podcast will probably be the last one we do on the epiphany of our Lord for this year. But I like it because, one, it's a dig into the Word, and that's never a bad thing. And two, it shows how on topics that are not explicitly spelled out in Scripture, there can be legitimate and well-thought-out differences of opinions even among confessional Christians. And yet, we still move together as one, striving in the Spirit to be good servants every day. So now, let's join Pastor Cowie from Woodlake, Minnesota for today's meditation. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. We call them wise men, but I wonder if that might be a little bit of a stretch to call them wise. It's not that they didn't know anything. Magi were probably some sort of magicians or sorcerers. Perhaps they had dabbled in a little astronomy. They were, they were scholars. It was their job to know things. They arrived in Judea because they followed a star. They must have known something because they called it his star. They called it, that is, the star that belonged to the one who had been born king of the Jews. So they must have known something. Perhaps just as a dream directed them not to return to Herod, but to return by another route, perhaps it was a dream that told them what they were to look for. Or perhaps somewhere they had come across those Hebrew scriptures, the prophecy recorded there that says, a star will come out of Jacob and a scepter will rise out of Israel. Something told them that this star was connected to a newborn king of the Jews. but they certainly didn't know where or why. They made some good guesses, I think. They went to the capital, to the palace, to the king of Judea. What they didn't realize was that news of a newborn king in Judea was not good news to the current reigning king of Judea. They didn't know what everyone in Jerusalem knew, that kings... King Herod's sword became bloody whenever a threat to his throne appeared. 
They didn't know that the people of Jerusalem were much more afraid of Herod's wrath and more in love with political peace than they were ever very interested in a savior, a newborn king. They didn't even, apparently, pick up on Herod's deception when he claimed that he wanted to worship this king too. You see, they, didn't, they just didn't know how much Herod and the world hated the king they came to see. But they went to Bethlehem, and they were overjoyed when the star directed them to the home of a child and his mother Mary. It must have seemed strange, though, in in search of a king, to leave the palace of the king, only to go and then give these kingly gifts to a child in the home of a peasant. And what gifts these were? Treasures from their homeland in the east. They they gave gold to one who had given up even greater riches to be found in poverty. They gave incense to the one to whom all prayers and incense rise. And they gave myrrh, a burial spice, to the giver of life who came down to die. But I doubt they knew any of that. We're not even told for sure what the Magi thought when they finally found him. Did they, did they find him so much less than they expected? Or, or so much more? Did these wise men who, who came to bow their knees before royalty, did they realize that they were worshiping deity? It's hard for us to tell exactly just how much these wise men, how wise they really were. But that's okay because it was not their wisdom that brought them. It was God that brought them. They got on their camels and traveled. They came to bow down to him. They brought their gifts. But only God could reveal this child as a king. Through a star, through the words of the prophets, only God could fulfill the word of the prophet and point them to that rising and ruling star in Israel. Only God could lead them through the word of the prophet Micah to the little town of Bethlehem. Only God could bring these men to a child in the home of a peasant family who was still deserving of royal gifts. The interesting thing, though, is that that there were people who knew this. All the things that the wise men didn't know, some did. Herod, for instance, knew that when they came looking for a king of the Jews, he knew that they were looking for the Christ, the Messiah. He said as much. And the chief priests and the scribes, they knew that this Messiah was to be born in the city of David. The people of Jerusalem, they knew the signs too. But they didn't go. They didn't find him. They didn't worship him. Now it's easy for us to read the account of the wise men and feel like we probably might be wiser than all of them. Because we know. And we go. 
We, we don't just have the prophecies. We, we have the whole scriptures before us, the prophecies and their fulfillments all paired up nicely. We have the whole life of Jesus from beginning to end written down four times in the book. Just at our fingertips. We know those answers. And we go. We go to worship Jesus. We're, we're here, right? And, and we were there. We were there to worship the, the baby Jesus at, main, at the manger at Christmas. Even if others didn't. And we'll be here on Good Friday too and on Easter Sunday because we know how the story goes. We like to think that we have, we have the wisdom and knowledge of the Jews and the devotion and the generosity of the Gentiles. Or do we? Do we really know what we're getting into? Getting ourselves into to associate ourselves with this Christ child? Do we even realize just how much the world hates Jesus and those who follow him? Or do we still naively think that, that if he's only explained in the right way, or if we make nice-nice with Herod and the rest of the world, that they just too might come and worship him like they say they will? Or if we do know how much Herod and the world will rage at Jesus, if, if we know the cross-shaped consequences of worshiping Jesus, does it trouble us like does it trouble us as much as the people of Israel enough that we just stay home and keep quiet and just try not to rock the boat like the chief priests and the scribes we have the scriptures and they reveal to us what we need to know about Christ but what good does it do to have it to know it, but not do anything with it. We have God's holy word to us at our fingertips. What good does it do us if it sits on a shelf? We have the opportunity to study that word, to dig into that word by ourselves, with other people. But what good does it do us to say to others, well, you come back and tell us, and therefore never know the joy that comes when God lets his light shine through his word. And when you come to worship him, even though all the prophecies and all the star all pointed here, even though Jesus himself promises that where two or three are gathered in his name, he's present. Even though he promises to attach his word to water, even though he is actually present on this altar, in this meal, just as truly as he was present in the lap of his mother, do we treat him as if he were not? And that instead of simply coming and bowing our knees and worship him, we judge in Jesus' presence by how we feel. And if we don't feel good enough, it doesn't make us feel good. We simply ignore the fact that he has here as he has promised. Or we give much more attention to, to everyone else who's here and what they're doing or saying than the king that we have come to see. 
or we give gifts that are sometimes more reflective of the leftovers in our wallet than the treasures befitting a king who has come to save us. Repent. It doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you give. What matters is this child. He is the wisdom of the ages. And he knows you. This child is not waiting for you to come to him. He comes to you. This child has not come to receive or to be served, but this child has come to be to serve and to give his life. This child, this bright morning star, shines upon you more brightly than all of the prophets into your heart to reveal himself to you. This child who escapes Herod's sword and is not worshipped by Herod, he goes on to wear a purple robe stained red with his own blood, to wear a crown of thorns, and he bows, bows his own head to die. so that you may live and reign forever. This child who once received gifts from wise men now comes to you to give you gifts. And you bow the knee in worship. Bow the knee in worship. This very same Jesus, no longer a baby boy, but still a man. This Jesus who's no longer lying in a manger, but is now lying on an altar to give you greater gifts than gold, his own body and blood. My dear friends, welcome to God's epiphany. Where you do probably know more than the wise men. And you are more devout than Herod and the Jews. but only because the light of God shines in dark places. Only because this bright morning star has shone on you through his word of grace. Only because Jesus has come. And he's brought gifts. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday divine service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. 
This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.